Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip. And today we have a wonderful trip. It's actually, uh, it's great. I, I can't think of a better attitude right now. So my guest is Monica Vickers. She's written a book called My Extraordinary Life. And extraordinary it is. Monica was born with uh, three limbs missing, both legs and one arm. And yet she's had a very uh, good life in many ways, and she does a lot of things that most of us with two arms and two legs can't do. So, uh, Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, um, normally I just start with uh, asking about your parents and all, but before that, I'm going to skip ahead for a moment and ask you, at what age were you aware of uh, your situation that you were missing legs and an arm? Because obviously when you were, let's say, uh, I don't know, five months old, you probably couldn't tell the difference. But at some age you were clearly aware of it. What age was that? Well, I don't – I'm not cognizant of, of a specific age where, you know, growing up where I noticed. Obviously it's – you can see that, that the limbs are missing – but yeah. I would say it was close to age 20, 18 or 20, when I went out into the world for the first time, you know, to get a job and to get an apartment and those kinds of things. That's when I first noticed. I see. So uh, I, 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 I got a little information on you before, but um, before we started the show yesterday when I was talking with you, but... Um, when you were going through school, elementary school and junior high school and high school, um, you weren't aware of the difference until it was time to get a job, huh? Well, like I said, I knew that there was a difference, but it didn't really affect anything. I mean, I was still able to do anything I wanted to do at any time. So it really didn't affect anything that I wanted to do, so it, it was kind of a non-factor. 
I see. Okay, so then I'm assuming, and what you told me, that um, you had some jobs, and you had one job for many years where you were uh, typing, right? Right. Yeah, and you were typing 120 words a, se- a minute? Yes. Now, to me, I, I can't even type with two hands. I can't even type 60 words a minute. So, I've always um, said I think it's easier with one. You could go faster with one. Well, maybe I wouldn't so, be able but, to test that. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, once you were in the workforce, whatever your um, responsibilities were for your job, you were able to execute those very well. Yes. Yeah. So for the for most people who haven't had this kind of situation, it really is mind blowing that you know someone can be so talented with uh, fewer limbs. But apparently, you're one to. Uh, Show us that we're wrong and you're right. Well, I found a job that suited me very well, and that that was um, medical transcription, where you basically sit the whole day and type. Uh huh. And it was in- interesting as well because what I probably really wanted to do in my life was work in a hospital, and and more than that, into a nursery, a, a critical care nursery even. But I kind of realized that would be lofty goal. Um, so getting tr- into transcription, I could get pretty close to those departments, ERs and, sur- and operating rooms and, and the like. So, And plus I could sit the whole day and type. So, And I was fast at it and I caught on to it quickly. So if Provided a nice living. I see. Okay, so we'll get back to that in a while. So let's start with your mom and dad before you were ever born. Um, how old were your parents when they first married? I'm 18, I believe. Uh huh. Yeah, that sounds about right from what I thought saw in your bio. And so they were they were married very young. Yes, they were and, right out and, of high school, really. Yeah. And then they've been married all these years? Yes, my father died in 1972, so they were married until then. How old was he when he died? 37. Uh, what did he die of? That was very young. Uh, he died of a heart attack. Oh, my. And how old were you when when he died? Uh, 17. Oh, wow. And then um, where are you in the... Um, rank of, of uh, siblings. What number are you? I am the first one. Oh, you're the oldest, I see. Yes, I'm the oldest of okay. seven. You're the oldest of seven? Yes. And, and uh, did your mom remarry? No. I see. So uh, when you were 17, your dad died, and how old was the youngest child when dad died? Seven. Seven, I see. So uh, your mother was busy with uh, a lot of kids every year. Yes, my mom was busy. That's that's an understatement. Yeah. So um, uh, so when you had the, your family and then your dad died, and then um, did your mother uh, ever have a boyfriend or a, a, another man in her life? No, she never did again. Um, I see. She never did. Yeah. And what did she do for a living when your dad died? Or even the same thing before he died? 
Um, well, she uh, she worked um, when we were out of high school and stuff. She worked at a department store and ran a, a department and and uh, that kind of thing. But as while we were growing up, she didn't she didn't work. She was uh, just a homemaker. Uh huh. She didn't start working until really all the kids were either in late in high school or out of high school. But she did work at a department store um, probably, I don't know, I want to say 20, 25 years. I see. And when she was away at work, who was taking care of the younger kids? Well, they really weren't that young anymore. They were in high school. And I, I was already gone in, in either in college or California, so I... No one needed a babysitter. I see. So yesterday when I was online and I uh, took a look at uh, parts of your book, oh, I should tell people about your book, shouldn't I? About I my what? I already did. Well, the name of your book, I'll say it again. Uh, your book that you've written is called My Extraordinary Life. Yes. So in your, in your, in your book, there's a very cute picture of uh, the lineup of you with your parents Yes. And uh, and so you, they're all in the or, the way it goes. It goes from the tallest to the shortest. <laughs> yes, it but, does. But you were in the middle of the you were in the middle of the lineup, even though you're the oldest child. I know. I was. That's where I fit in the size lineup. And that's how the photographer wanted it. We that that's the way I don't think there was a photographer on the pictures you're referring to but um, every time we lined up for anything it was by height I see and was that okay with you yeah I didn't notice yeah okay all right so um, as a young child what kinds of things did you like to do um well we we lived on a an acreage for a long time and there was a big garden and with my mother did a lot of canning and um, you know that requires washing of vegetables and all kinds uh-huh. of all kinds of tasks regarding that um, but mostly you know I went to school and enjoyed the functions at school the pep club and ball games and um, honor society, the library, things that, that would occupy some time after school sometimes. And then during the summers when everyone was off <clears throat> school, they would get involved in baseball and swimming, and and I went to my grandmother's. You went to your grandmother's in the summertime? Went there in the summertime for, for a lot of years. I don't remember when I started going, but... Um, I was up there for the summer. And you'd be there for three months or, or less? Pretty much pretty much two and a half to three months. And was that your decision? Did you want to do that? Um, I don't know whose decision it was initially. I, I don't think my parents, I think they thought of it so that I wouldn't have to watch the other activities going on, swimming and baseball. But, I see. But I, it was. I loved going there. It was. So you, it was one of the best memories of my entire life. Is going there. I don't remember how the initial decision okay. was made. But so, so when you went there, what was the part you loved best? Being with your grandma or being with just the whole environment? The whole environment was nice. I suspect there was probably some 
um, you know, it was nice to get away from the other six kids and have some time by yourself. And um, and I, it just it just was a fun place to be. Um, uh-huh. And you know, my grandma taught me how to sew and all kinds of little things like that. And Okay, well, let's go through that. So she taught you how to sew. What other things did she teach you? The reason I'm asking you is because most of us would need two arms and two hands to do the sewing, and you're doing it with one arm and one hand the whole time. So besides sewing, what other things? She, she had a sewing machine that instead of having the foot treadle on the bottom, there was a knee, um, a, a lever you could push with your knee. And uh, so she was pretty excited that she had thought of that early and bought the right kind of sewing machine. And okay. but um, and then she we did a lot of canning and a lot of chicken cleaning and you know riding out to the fields while she picked corn and I, you know just every day there was something that yeah. that we did that was fun. So while she was picking corn, you were picking corn with her. No, I sat in the car. She brought ears of corn to me. You know, they have that, I don't know, I played with it, whatever that hair-like stuff is that comes out of an ear. She yeah, yeah. Pick me some, pick me some nice ears, and um, we would pretend that was hair, and those were dolls, and I would just play in the car while she brought bushel and basket full of corn and put them in the trunk. Oh, so you're a very creative human being. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, I think you have to be because uh, there are, you know, there are things that you can't do and or would prefer not to do, and I wouldn't want to be out there in the field. So you have to think of things to do and be yes. happy with that instead of always, I wish yeah. I could do that. Yeah, but the point I am making is that uh, you do have a creative mind, which is nice to have. Some people are stunned with their creative creativity, but you took the uh, hair-like stuff from the corn and you made it a doll. And then when we would come back from yeah. kind of a trip, you know, we had to we had to clean the corn and many times we would freeze it. And I don't know, there were just a lot of activities always. Grandma also had a huge garden. Everything yeah. that gets picked from a garden has to be cleaned. And I just spent so much time at the sink cleaning whatever they hauled in. I see. And then uh, at the end of the summer when you would leave, um, Grandma, were you sad about leaving? Um, I don't know that I was sad. I just knew it was over and we had to go back to school. I liked school too, so. Yeah, but I, but I, I would imagine, I mean, for me, when I would visit these uh, adult relatives that I would hardly ever see, um, once in a while in the summertime, and uh, when it was time to leave, I'd just be sad that I couldn't meet them anymore. But I, I'm wondering if that was your case or not. You don't have to be sad. I don't think so. I I was always sad to, to leave, but but I don't remember thinking, I, oh, I wish I was still there. It was just something, you know, it was yeah. time for school and time for ball games and yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah. three months is a long time when you're... Uh-huh. Eight and twelve and yeah. those kind of year, you know, years old. Yeah. So when you were young and you went to see Grandma, how far from your parents' house to Grandma's house? Probably about two hours. I see. So one of them would pick you up or, or take you back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
so for the first five years of your life, what do you when, you, when you look back on this, or if you think about it right now, um, what stands out for you in your first five years in terms of what you liked or a certain event that happened or a certain situation that was happy or very sad? What kind of memories do you have that stick out there? Um, for you, big time, big time events. The only thing I can independently really remember is from ages one to five is going to kindergarten and walking in the front door for the first time. I remember that walk and I remember the door and the long hall. And I remember that school that I was in for two years. But before then, I don't really, I don't really remember too much. Okay. So when you were going in the kindergarten, were you actually walking on the stubs of your legs? Yes, I had a, a prosthesis by that time. I see. And um, was it uh, was it comfortable enough for you when you were using the prosthesis? Yes, it was. It was fine. Oh, good. And then uh, you may or may not know. Were you aware of how the other kids viewed you physically? Um. Well, this 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 school I went to initially for the first two years uh-huh. was a school for the disabled, handicapped, I, whatever. And so everybody in there um, I see. was in a chair or on crutches or had cerebral palsy or, or something. So I don't think anyone really stood out. And we were pretty young, kindergarten and first grade. To, right. I don't remember in any of my school years, any of them, I don't remember having any difficulty with with the the, the classmates or the school or the kids. Yeah. So then, when you were in elementary school and you were in the second and third and fourth and up to the sixth grade, um, what kinds of things were you enjoying in school at that point? Um, I, as I remember, I really liked school. So no matter what we could do, I even played school when I was at my grandma's in the summer. And I would use her catalogs, Sears catalog and Penny's catalogs. They were they were huge then, and uh-huh. I would use those as my books. Um, I see. So I just I liked school um, a lot, and uh, and okay. I I don't remember. Uh, the only thing I really remember from there is is when the kids went out to recess. I didn't really go because there were so many yeah. steps. I see. We're going to stop for a uh, commercial break. We'll come back in a couple of minutes. All right. So everybody hang on, and we'll return soon. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? 
Call Jonathan Brower, and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to human behavior. What a trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with my guest, Monica Vickers. And Monica has written a great book. It came out uh, early this year, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called My Extraordinary Life. And it is extraordinary. And uh, I suggest you buy it and give it to your friends to read, too. So um, we're talking about uh, during the recess, when the kids would go out, for, out to the playground, you would stay inside? Yes. And then you would do what? Just read a book or paint or draw or what? Well, a lot of times I would. Sometimes I would play the piano. Um, oh. Good. Sometimes I would sit at the sit at the back desk and look out the window at, at the play yard. Um, I see. Sometimes it was lunchtime and I would eat lunch then. And But most of the time you just I just, you know, waited for class to resume. So when you were eating lunch, were you eating lunch inside the classroom? Yes, lots of times because the lunchroom was, uh, for, the, for a yeah. lot of years of school, the lunchroom was in the basement. Yeah, and uh, were there other people in the room with you or you were by yourself? I don't remember anybody with me. Uh huh. No, I think it, I was. My sister um, brought the the lunch up on a you know during some of the years, and some of the years we took our lunches, so I had it with me. I see. And then uh, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, or less than a minute, that you played the piano. At what age did you start playing the piano? Um, I don't know. I I just played on a piano every time I saw it. I didn't have any formal training or learn how to play. But if there was a piano in the room, I could play a tune or two on it and Christmas carols and that kind of stuff. I see. So just from uh, having a good ear, so to speak, you could uh, play um, tunes on the piano. Yes. That's that's great. And then uh, a lot of times when, when people are playing the piano, they're using two hands, but you're doing it all with one hand, right? Well, I played with one hand, but that's part of the reason I I don't think I pursued it because I liked the sound much better with yes. two hands, and of course I could never produce that. I see. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, how old were you when you had your first orthopedic surgery? I was nine. And what was the uh, aim of the surgery? Well, I had on, on my right side, I had a an appendage of some sort. Um, it looked like a foot, sort uh-huh. of. And 
when I wore prostheses up until age nine, they had to have a cutout for that. Uh-huh. And it really served no purpose, um, you know, perhaps a little balance if I was sitting on the floor. But so they, we just took that off so that prostheses would fit better. I see. Okay. And was the surgery uh, for you uncomfortable? Was the recovery uncomfortable or how did that go? Well, back in those days, you stayed in the hospital for a long, long time, and you went through your therapy, and you learned how to use new limbs if they made them for you. And so you were there a long time. Yeah. And um, roughly, how long were you there? How many weeks? Or for that for that surgery, I would say roughly two months. Wow! So for two months, did your mother come every day to visit you? No, they, they not every day, but she came. My family came, not usually on the weekends. So during the week, you didn't have any relatives coming to visit you? Not, not that many, no. Not that I can remember. And how was, how was that for you? Was that lonely for you? Did you feel sad or, or No, I, I, can't, I don't remember feeling like that. The, uh-huh. the, when you stayed in the hospital that long, they had a school room you went to. They had activities that you did. They had therapy that you had to go to, so you were really, it was almost as if you were at work during I the see. week. I get you, okay. And um, uh, I had one other question about the surgery. Oh, yeah, so that was the first of your surgery. How many surgeries altogether have you had? I had two orthopedic surgeries, and then later, 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 I had two surgeries on my hand for carpal tunnel. I see. So how old were you when you had the second orthopedic surgery? Uh, Sixteen. And what was that one for? That was for the the, the leg that I do have, the short uh-huh. leg. It had a foot on it. I see. And that was removed as well because, you know, so prostheses would fit better. I see. And then after that surgery, you were in the hospital again for several months? For several months, yes. Yeah. And then uh, when you ended up going to junior high school and high school, how were those years for you? And what did you like and dislike about those years? Um, I didn't really have any. I, all of my school memories are good. I don't have any memories of being made fun of. I have no memories of people being, you know, I had classmates at some point, you know, waiting for me at steps because the school was full of steps and I had to go up and down them and it just seemed like, you know, people appeared at the steps and would each grab an arm and drag me up or down them. I mean, it was just like clockwork. I never asked anybody. I don't know who did. But um, all of my classmates were very accommodating. Um, That's that's actually beautiful. I mean, that's very sweet. I don't have any, not a single bad memory of my Oh. My school. Well, that's wonderful. Because you know, I, I don't know if you realize this, but there's a lot of human beings who go through junior high and or high school disliking a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I, no, I didn't know. Yeah, but you actually had a good time. That's great. And uh, uh, you were a very good student, weren't you? Yes, I was. How good were you in terms of uh, awards you got or whatever? Um. Well, I was in the honor society, and you have to have a certain grade point for that to happen. And uh, 
I just love doing schoolwork. I, I kind of thought that was because I had, you know, limited amount of time, limited amount of ability to be all active and do volleyball or whatever it was. And so I just kind of redirected my energies into school. So I, I did like it. Um, yeah. What were some of your favorite uh, subjects that you enjoyed? I loved typing. I loved English. I loved, we had an office practicum class for several months, uh-huh. uh, several semesters, and uh-huh. I loved that. I I liked anything that had to do with an office or medicine or I didn't care so much about science and all uh-huh. those other mandatory subjects, but I, I did all right in them. Yes. So... Um your book, My Extraordinary Life, is that the first book you've written? Yes. Do you have plans to write any other books? Um, a lot of people ask me that, and I haven't really given it much thought. My initial, The initial question that hits my head is, what about? So I don't know. <laughs> well, it could be anything. It could be, a, it could be a fantasy thing. It could be a made-up story. It could be a story about someone you knew or... I don't know, whatever people Well, it's not out of the possibility, that's for sure. It's just this, this uh, right now I'm pretty concentrated on this one and what all goes along with it. Yeah, what is going all along with it? Do you have people who come for signings or what? Just, um, you know, marketing and, and keeping track of emails and, and uh, I see. you have a book signing coming up, which um, should be fun. And so just... You know, I wasn't really too well versed in the book publication field, but I'm learning quickly. I see. So that can help you for future books, perhaps. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it has already. <laughs> yeah. So in your um, table of contents, you have a senior year, 1971-72, and clearly 72 was the year your dad died. Yes. Um, is that what that chapter is about? Um. Uh, it's in that chapter because he died um, on Easter Sunday, uh-huh. and um, I was, he died in April, and I graduated from high school in May. Yes. So he's certainly part of that chapter. It's a big part of that chapter. I see. And what's the other, and what's the other part of that chapter for your senior year? Um, well, that's when I had that surgery, and, uh, you know... Not too bad. That's not a very long chapter. Okay. So um, you went off to college, and where did you go to school for college? Uh, the University of Nebraska. And how was that for you? That was a little more difficult because the classes were all over the campus. I got a, a, a dorm in the center of campus, so to speak, not in one of the far off ones, but still trying to get to class that's maybe a block or two or three away, um, was very challenging. And yeah, so then so how, did you, how did you meet the challenge? What did you do? Well, I had to um, leave for classes a lot earlier than normal people do. And yeah. then when you have the snow and everything else to consider and contend yes. with, there were many times I couldn't get to class at all. But again, I did have people that helped me. I had a wheelchair that I could sit in and they would push. Yeah, that's good. Or, you know, just sometimes I would have to sit 
before and after a class for an hour or two or three until somebody could come and help me back to the dorm. I see. And then you had a, a roommate in the dorm? I did have a roommate in the dorm for the first three years. I guess all four I had a roommate. Was it the same roommate each year or was it different no. people? They were different every year. Okay. And did, did, did they get along well with you and vice versa? Yes. I had okay. great roommates. That's great. So uh, I just thought of something. So when you're busy um, going to school and going to class and then you have to wait a while, uh, what happens if you have to go to the bathroom to relieve yourself? What do you do? Um, the bathroom has really been the biggest issue. Um, most of the time I, I don't remember having to go, but if I did have to go, I had to take every limb, artificial limb off that I was wearing and um, lean them up against the wall and go to the bathroom and then put them back on. So it wasn't something that I, that I wanted to do. I limited what I drank. Yeah. So do you I think did, at times you were dehydrated a bit if you weren't? Um, I don't. I don't recognize being that, but I'm sure there were times when I was. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, that was even a problem in high school. You know, having to take everything off and many, many. The, the behavior I chose first was to just wait till I got home. So yeah, that would be all day some, without going. And most of the time, 98% of the time, that worked. I see. And the 2% of the time it didn't work, then you'd have to go to the bathroom yeah. and just be late for something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I assume the teachers and everybody totally understood. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, remember anybody saying anything, so. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, well, what I'm getting from you is, that a lot of people were very uh, helpful with you and very kind to you and um, helped you out as best, as best they could at times when you needed it. Yes, I I I, I think that's a, that's a very true statement, and I didn't really recognize that at the time. But as I wrote this book, yes. it did occur to me how many people assisted when I when I when I would need. A lift up the steps. There was someone there. Yes, so and that that yeah. kind of struck me because that's a lot of years before I got to California that that I had that kind of help. Yeah. So basically, uh, throughout your life, you've received a lot of kindness from people. Yes, a lot. And and I assume, based on what I think I know about you, <laughs> that you're very kind to other people too. I would have to say that that's a fair statement. Yes. Yeah, and that's a lovely way to have life, to be receiving kindness and to be giving kindness. Ideally, that's what we all should be doing. Well, it did seem kind of counterproductive to be, you know, a snot and then expect somebody's help. Yeah. And even if I didn't know I would need it that day or that hour, I still, in the back of my head, always had that I may need their help someday. I can't be, I just can't you know, spout yeah. off what I'm feeling right now or what I think I want to say or whatever. And honestly, I didn't have many of those things that I had to just refrain from saying, but there probably are a few. Uh-huh. So um, after college, you moved to California. And then where in California were you living? San Diego. And uh, did you like it there? Were you happy to be there? I loved it there. 
Yeah, the weather's good. It doesn't get hot like it does in exactly. Phoenix. But what I really it, liked the most was the um, accessibility that California provided. It, it yeah. was. It seemed like everywhere I went, there was a ramp, there was accommodations, there was a bathroom, there were, you know, there was just everything that you would need. And Nebraska was just a little bit farther behind that. Yes. Plus, you didn't have to deal with with snow anymore. Yeah, exactly. Being in San Diego. And then uh, San Diego was where you got your first full-time job? Yes. And uh, you were with that? What was the, what kind of job did you do again? Uh, medical transcription. Oh, yeah. And you did that for how many years? At, at that place, 12 years. And uh, during that time, did you get feedback from other people who had all their limbs, how amazing they thought it was for you to be doing 120 words per minute? Um. I don't want to say no to that because I'm sure that that I'm sure that happened. Most people just they had an initial reaction, perhaps, and but I don't know that they always shared it. Um, what I do remember is if there was anybody who was jealous of it or felt inferior or otherwise put out by it, they they made their thoughts known in subtle ways. And what kind? Give me an example of a subtle way. Um, just, just, um, I don't know. Thinking that there was some kind of a favoritism given if I were to win something or I were to beat them at a typing test or I oh, would I see. have yeah, a job yeah. done sooner than they did. There yeah. would just be some, you know. Everybody's. It's kind of like when you do something and the and the reaction you expect from something like that is not negative. And sometimes some of that negative would come back, and and you know, you know, yeah. part of the reason was was um, I, I had a, an occasion to ask a girl about that one time because she was pretty nasty to me my whole working life, and when we were finally not working at the place anymore, neither one of us, uh-huh. I asked her why she was so nasty. What was her answer? I thought she'd say, oh, I wasn't. That was your imagination. But she said, quite to my surprise, she said, I just couldn't process the thought that you could type faster with one hand than I could with two. I see. So she had some, she had some problem with her capacity yeah. to work. Now, she wasn't the only one, but they yeah. were few and far between. For the yeah. most part, I, I really enjoyed all of my coworkers as yeah. well. We had okay. some times, and we still do. Good. So we're going to take another, our second and last uh, commercial break, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield, total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. We're in the home stretch. We have about 15 minutes to go. This is Jonathan Brower with my guest, Monica Vickers, who's written a wonderful book called My Extraordinary Life. It's the story of a, a girl and then a woman who had three limbs missing, but had lots of uh, abilities in life for, in many ways. So, uh, welcome back to the show, Monica. Um, let's talk about your husband and, and you. How did you two meet each other, and how long did you court, so to speak, before you married? We met at a uh, a dinner dance, um, an amputees in motion group dinner uh-huh. dance. And he lived in L.A. and I lived in San Diego. And this dinner dance was basically in L.A. So he was a driver for people who couldn't drive, who couldn't get to this dance. And so he was there and stayed for dinner and, and whatever. And we met there. Uh-huh. So, so he was a, a driver for amputees. Was, was he an amputee also? No. I see. So he has all his limbs and all that. Yes. Okay. And then uh, what year was this when you guys met? Um, 19... Oh... 1978. Okay. I, by the way, I love love stories. So uh, how long did you guys uh, court and date before you got married? We dated for 12 years before we got married. And, wow. And um, we had a lot of ups and downs and, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, I wanted to figure out what, 
what his issue was wanting someone like me and and his family wanted to know the same thing and and so we we even though he and I always yeah. got along beautifully yeah um those were some issues we had to come to grips with eventually and and uh it was a long a long probably 5 years the last 5 years of those 12 the last five years of those 12 were the years where you really were wanting to be sure you were going to be the right for each, right couple for each other? Well, we knew that, but we were, you know, especially him, you know, had the, his family was, was very, I don't know, and thinking, you know, like a normal, people in that situation would normally react. It's like... Yeah. What are you thinking? What what is this? And and they just had a lot of questions. And he he just thought, you know, that maybe this wasn't right or maybe this. But even when they thought we weren't seeing each other, we were. And um, we just just the two of us. We had a just a brilliant time. He always said he wasn't going to get married, and I didn't believe him. Uh-huh. And finally, he he asked me. You know, what's it going to take for you to believe that we're never getting married? And I said to him, probably one of my weirdest statements ever. And yeah, I, well, let me hear your weirdest statement ever. What, what is it? <laughs> I said, you're either going to have to marry somebody else or die. In other words, you didn't want him to marry you? No, I, that, that, that's, I, he wanted to know what it would take for me to believe it, oh. that we weren't going to get married. And I didn't believe him. And I wouldn't so, believe him. So what happened that the two of you decided to get married? We decided to get married after a fashion, after we were, you know, dating and after we had gone through all these, you know, breakups that we had and, and uh-huh. whatever, we just decided to get married. And we've, you know, it shouldn't have taken 12 years. He'll admit that now. <laughs> yes. So um, that does ha- happen to be one of the one of the. People who comment on this book say that that chapter is their favorite chapter. Yes. So, um, so the two of you have been married since 1990. So now, if I do the arithmetic, that's uh, 23 years. Yes. And uh, have overall, have you been happily married, both of you, for 23 yes. years? Yes. It's been wonderful. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And um, uh, when people ask about how. How are the two of you sexually and stuff? Uh, what do you say? I actually haven't had anybody ask that, and I guess I would take that as a – I would not dare to ask anybody else that. Okay. But, I, but I, I'm, I'm assuming the two of you kissed each other and were physically affectionate. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's I, – I, you know, I, I'm assuming it's pretty similar to anyone else. I would assume so too. And – you know, maybe, you know, I just don't know. I, I haven't discussed that with other people either, so I, I don't know. Okay. So um, from your point of view, uh, what do you like best about being married to him? If there's, one, if there's one or two things you can say. I mean, what what kinds of qualities does he have that you love a lot? Very... Um, He's very accommodating. He's very intuitive, uh-huh. and very um, 
you know, I used to think that he, you know, must know what being disabled feels like because he does, he knows how to, for example, if we're in a a big crowd or something, he kind of walks first and clears the path. Or if we're in a restaurant, he'll walk first and clear, you know, chairs out of the way or Uh he'll, he'll, he's tall and he can look over and say, you know, that route is too thin, you will too skinny, you won't get yeah. through. So oh, he's good. he's just very intuitive, and he's very, um, you know, when I had my carpal tunnel surgery, uh-huh. and I didn't have use of my hand for a day or two, uh-huh. then I really realized what kind of a great nurse he will be, yes. a great caretaker he will be. Um, yeah. Happily, we haven't had to do much of that at all. Yeah. Yet, but yeah. How tall? You mentioned his height. How tall is Mike? I think I six five. Wow! And how tall are you? Um, I don't know. Um, they well, say had I had limbs, I would have been five nine. I see. So I don't know how tall I am. Yeah. So uh, when you guys are, if you're both standing up, you have to look up pretty high to him. Yeah, if I'm standing, for both standing up. Yeah. I probably am to his hip. Yeah, I see. I'm curious, did he play basketball when he was a younger man? Nope. Oh, the reason I ask, it's kind of a stereotypical thing a lot of times. When he played little... baseball. He was a uh, oh, really? a pitcher for the um, Chicago White Sox for a while on their, in their farm team. Oh, really? How about that? I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. And he, got, uh, he has a letter, um, which I can see and hold, from the Dodgers and when they tried to recruit him. Uh-huh. So, but then he had a shoulder injury, and, and I yes. think he left it at that. I never knew him as a player, but I have pictures of him. Yeah. So your married life with him overall has been a wonderful event for both of you. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. The other thing is he's very creative. You know, if I need something like... Um, you know, I have a lot of medical books that I have to look at daily at work, uh-huh. and I can't reach very high for bookshelves or stand up quick and grab a book. Right. He made a bookcase that's in a Lazy Susan style. I see. So yeah. all I have to do is twi- twirl it around and get the book I want. Now, when he made these accommodations for you to be able to reach the medical books, was this for your home or for your office work or both? This is for the home. I work at home now. I see. But I see. he would have he could have made it for work too if I were still at work. This is something that could go to work. Yeah, I see. And then um the two of you were married and you enjoyed being married and you still do apparently. That's not lovely. And then in a chapter of your book you said why we had no children. Yes. So what's the answer to that question? Well, I um I've always enjoyed kids. They're probably the, the biggest passion of my life. And yes. so it was kind of strange for me to, I always assumed I would have kids. It never one time occurred to me that I wouldn't. Uh-huh. And, um, but while I was working, uh, there was a cohort, one of the doctors that I worked with, his wife was disabled. Uh-huh. And I don't know what was really wrong with her, but, but she had a hard time walking and kind of drug one foot. Uh-huh. And she had three boys over the time we've worked together, and she also had a nanny. Uh-huh. And I, I just thought, you know, I don't, I don't want a nanny. I don't want to, you know, I realized how much work 
you know, a kid would be. Yes. And so I realized that I would have to have a, a husband that would want to, yeah. to put, you know, pick up the slack, especially on the younger kids as they're crawling around and toys are all over the floor and, and that kind of thing. But then I saw this lady, this family, she had she dropped her baby at one uh-huh. point, and he had just tons and tons of, I guess, broken bones. He was in a full body cast as a very small infant. I see. And at that moment, I decided I'm not I'm not going to do this um, yeah. because I can't take that chance either. I didn't want to take the chance, so I kind of left the door open. I thought, you know, if I meet a guy that wants kids more than life itself, then yeah. we will have some. Yeah. But he can't talk me into having them, but he could have talked me, he couldn't have talked me out of it, but he could have talked me into it. Right. Now, um, your siblings, some of them have children, right? Yes, they do. So you you had access to those kids, too. Yes, I did. And I yes. I love kids. Yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> so uh, and, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left, but in one of your chapters, you have a chapter on emotional challenges. What have been, what have been some of your more uh, difficult emotional challenges? I would say the one that rises to the very top is, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much led my life and it's pretty much been exactly like anybody else would have led a life. Yeah. And it's hard when people see me for the first time. They have a completely different opinion or um, concept of the, what it must be like and what it must be like for Mike and... It's just so different than what I really am. And that, that just kind of wears on you after a while because it's never going to go away. It's not like you can say, okay, I educated the world, and now they won't have this initial impression. Yes. Every new person will and does. Yes, but when people first meet you, they might find it uh, unusual the way you are, but after a while, you're just a regular person who has your regular way of being. Right. Yeah. So and that's probably the hardest thing is just that 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 difference between the way things really are and the way things appear to others because people react on that and you get you get pity and you get just all kinds of emotions that I just really don't like. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are almost out of time, but you also have a chapter on preconceived ideas and stereotypes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it goes along with the same thing, you know. Um, people assume that I can't clean or I can't get in the tub or I can't paint my fingernails or I can't, they assume, they initially assume everything I can't do and basically they see the disability first and the person second and that, I, I really wish that would turn around and see a person first and then the extra challenges they may have to deal with. But yes. just because it looks difficult to somebody doesn't necessarily mean it's difficult for me. It's just the way it is. Yes. So basically, um, your life has been good. You've had some challenges, but everybody has challenges of one kind or another. Exactly. And you've made a good uh, you've made a good life for yourself. Well, I think so. I think so too. How old are you now? I am fifty-nine. I'm fifty-nine. 58. Okay, so um, the music has come on. It's time for us to say goodbye. I've thoroughly enjoyed our visit. Yes, and thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'll call you later and we'll talk a little bit. So um, 
I'm so glad you were able to be on the show with me today. Yes. And, and thank you very much for educating everybody who listened to the show. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. So, everybody, that's my show for today. I hope you liked it. I loved it. And I'll be back next week with another show. This is Jonathan Brower saying so long for now. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.